And everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Into the straight and cinnamon missile collared by Capset Grand Symphony and here's Van Winkle dropping with Jukes County. The race is on in earnest. In the middle of the track, it's Capset. Van Winkle's dropping late on the outside. Van Winkle and Capset. Van Winkle drives hard and wins. Van Winkle beats Capset Grand Symphony. Breakdance fourth, then cinnamon missile, followed by Jukes County. Out of the back of the win in the Longridge Cup, Van Winkle making it back-to-back cups, taking out last Friday's Clon Curry Cup and another leg of the Country Cup's Challenge Series. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and lots of cups to talk about today. We'll talk about the Warwick Cup going to Tears of Love on Saturday, the Bowen Cup won by Unique Journey. We had the Cunnamulla Cup won by Forged in Stone. The Emerald 100 went to Necessitas. We're also going to check in with Paul Dolan with news on Gainer. The Burn It to the Beach Series race was taken out by Modern Family. And we've been following on the trail of not just the Country Cups qualifiers, but also the Country Stampede qualifiers. And the latest of those at Atherton on Saturday was won by Sylvester. Lots of news to get through on the show today and lots of special guests as well. As always, helping us out is Rob Luck. Morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And uh, the Stampede and the Country Cup uh, qualifications are certainly well and truly underway with two of the Country Cups and uh, two of the Stampedes on the weekend, which will feature in the next coming weeks, won't they, as we count down to that big final on the 4th of December at Dooman. Yeah, it'll be here before we know it. And as I mentioned, uh, that uh, Clon Curry meeting on uh, last Friday, great to see uh, Outback Racing getting full tab and Sky Channel Radio tab coverage there last week. The country stampede qualifier went to Wall Street Tycoon for Brooke Richardson and Todd Austin. I don't think that was the actual... Actually, it might have been that ride. was Brookie's 200th career winner. It certainly was, and she backed it up with one the next day at Cunnamulla after the long drive down there to make it 201. And, Tony, both of these winners out of the Cloncurry meeting, which, by the way, this meeting is cementing itself into that Friday time slot beautifully, and the crowds continue to grow up there. But Wall Street Tycoon was a super impressive winner there. And as it was in the Longreach Cup meeting, that wasn't a stampede at the Longreach Cup, uh, qualifier, but this one was at Cloncurry and it was dominant. Even though it beat Raiden, Raiden had to carry 64, it won by 2.75 lengths and uh, started odds on favourite. So the money was there, but boy, it's been informed since coming from uh, Michael Frappell at uh, Clear Mountain View. Four in a row now for the Todd Austin stable. Wall Street Tycoon, and certainly over that 1,000 metres, is extremely hard to uh, beat. It's had wins at Longreach, Barcaldon and Dingo, and now at Cloncurry, so handling all surfaces. And as we heard with what's his call, Van Winkle dominant in the end here after coming from back in the field and having to shoulder his way out and uh, he's now won the Longreach Cup and the Cloncurry Cup this seven-year-old by Magnus he's come of age I think that's win number five since placing second in the Longreach Cup uh, two years ago behind Balenti. And if that isn't a decent enough form line for you going into a Country Cups final, I'm not sure what is. But interestingly, Tony, we get this situation now where Capset in running second would be the representative from the Northwest, And that gives Stephen Royce um, with the representative also of Grand Symphony going into uh, the Country Cup. So it's one of those situations, again, as we get towards the end of these heats, 
we often get the second or sometimes third place getters coming to the uh, four. And just one other quick one coming out of Concurry. Had to mention Holy Roman Emperor, the Stallion, side the first two winners, Ella Beach and Faith and Love. Just a little breeding uh, bit of information there, Tony. Just before we launch into the first of our non-tab meetings uh, from the weekend, Rob, looking back at Warwick last Saturday, I mentioned the Warwick Cup going to Tears of Love for Isabella Rab-Jones and Matt Crop. The Cornishers combining with Rocky Nugget. Jasmine riding for Dad Greg in the Warwick Newmarket. And that was a leg of a winning double there for Jasmine Cornish. Nathan Day also with a winning double in the saddle. And Matt Crop with a winning double as well. And I believe there was a bit of money that went home in the Crop saddlebags. Yeah, and just firstly, Tears of Love, which won the Warwick Cup. A love conquers all, and you'll hear me mention that stallion's name regularly, but it had great form coming into that race, and no wonder it was favourite. But I got some information through uh, that suggested there was a good old-fashioned plunge that went on in race uh, number seven, which was the first of Matt Crop's uh, winners in Festival Prince, ridden by Jasmine Cornish. It's won its last three at Tall Dolby and now Warwick. This frueling four-year-old... It uh, was basically backed in from $3.60 to $2.10 favourite in an across-the-country plunge, which was remarkable considering it was a benchmark 55 at a second-level tab meeting in country Queensland. And as my correspondent, Mike Kelly, who happens to be a part owner, congratulations, Mike, in Festival Prince, and he says he, he knew nothing about the plunge. Um, but it proves that these meetings do add value to the industry and are positive contributors to the wagering portfolio overall. And he checked it out with uh, a bookie, Paul Klein, who confirmed the plunge which caused the original favourite, which is the impressive and promising Go Wanji, to ease out from $1.80 to $2.20. It ran second, but it takes a fair weight of money, Tony, in my limited knowledge of punting, to go 360 to 210 favourite. But it does just show, too, at certain times of the day with these meetings, that Warwick meeting almost became that standalone time at that particular day. And uh, Festival Prince, congratulations, Matt Crop, and of course, Mike Kelly as a part owner in there as well. And thanks for the information, Mike. We've touched on the Country Cups qualifiers already with the Clon Curry Cup and Van Winkle. There was another qualifier at Emerald on Saturday, the Emerald 100. They come towards the band. They've got about 3.50 to go. Little Rods will straighten up. A half length in front. On the outside is Jeff Roy. They're followed by Bladel Plain and Nassassatas to the outside from Dixie Preacher. It's Little Rods in front coming to the 150. Jeff Roy the outside and Nassassatas. Nassassatas is after Little Rods. Trying hard battle plane. Nassassatas. Little Rods. They hit it. Maybe Necessitas and knows little Rog, it's tight. Jeff Roy's in a photo with Battle Plane, then Dixie Preacher. Well back, Jerry Zander, then Rin Viana. Rob, as I've said before, I love hearing some of these replays and hearing the crowds cheer. And they had a big crowd there at Pioneer Park at Emerald for the Emerald 100 Day on Saturday, as they always do. Necessitas saluting there for Emma Bell and Billy Johnson. And the dulcet tones there of Scott Power, the voice of Pioneer Park. He's with us on Bushbeat this morning. Morning, Scotty. Hey, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, good morning to you, Scotty. And, and this is another qualifier that we now tick off and Billy Johnson again heading to Brisbane with Necessitas and Emma Bell, a great ride and a great call, Scotty. You nailed it. And I know it's not the easiest photo finish line there at Emerald. But uh, I'm a little bit, um, I'm, I'm not confused, but I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with this win, Necessitas. I, I wouldn't rate it the strongest Emerald 100 field that I've seen, Scotty. I'll get your opinion on that. But this one could be one that's working through the grades. He's had three wins out of his last five now, the, or she, this Zazinto mayor, and uh, Billy Johnson might be just planning and plotting this at the right sort of time. So it's interesting because little Roger's also been okay, but they were all pretty close those first four, and I just wasn't sure about the strength of the Emerald 100. What, what are your thoughts on the win? 
Yeah, no, it was um, it was a good solid win. Uh, a very tough effort in the Sessitas, and Emma Bell gave it a peach of a ride. Not of an easy horse to ride in the Sessitas, and um, it started its winning streak off in Bluff of all places uh, in a 12 meter race back on the 28th of August, and then it went to Mackay, and Emma teamed up with it up there, and uh, Nari Nelson rode it in Bluff, and it won over the 1560, defeated Chapeau's. Now Chapeau's is uh, racing in pretty good form. It's a, it's a, a not a bad galloper. And then it finished 6 out of 12 to Bernie's Tiger, only beaten 3.1 in Townsville. That was over 1,600 as well. And then finished down the track at Richmond. That was over 1,200 metres. And I, I just suggested you figured that sort of form on the dirt tracks. But, yeah, necessitas a very tough effort. Um, as you said, no, not, not the not the um, good quality open gallopers that we do normally see in the Emerald 100, but uh, it was a greatly contested affair over the 1850. Um, little Rods uh, did a lot of hard work up front and... Um, did a great job to fight off, um, you know, a couple of the uh, challenges from Battle Plain and Jeff Roy, but then Necessitas had that last crack at them and got the bob in right on the line for Bevan Johnson and Emma Bell, defeating uh, Little Rods for Matty Gray and Craig Smith and winding up in third spot was the uh, restricted galloper and Jeff Roy for Alicia Ross and Dale White. But no, full credit to the winner. Congratulations to the connections and they've got a runner in the Country Cup final. Yeah, definitely, and and I'm, I think this Galloper would like a little bit further than sixteen hundred. That eighteen fifty suiting down to the ground. I just like I just think Billy Johnson is maybe timing this run to perfection with Necessitas, and great to see he has another runner going down to Brisbane for their connections in the final. Um, Scotty, the the Lightning handicap I thought was a beauty in terms of the field there that you had, and uh, oh, what an impressive winner! Just a shame in a way this wasn't a heat of the uh, of the Stampede because it certainly was a quality field I thought with plenty of speed and what a win by Arwenichi for Raymond Williams and Ash Butler. Yeah, no, it was a terrific win, Arwenichi. I've got a bit of time for the horse as you know, and you could have told by the call, but he's a very consistent galloper. Uh, Mick Kelbert's had a great run with this horse. Um, he's won now four out of his past six starts. Uh, was first up after finishing third to Rather Salubrious in the Battle of Bush final back on the 26th of June. 64 kilos, first up a 1,000, drawn barrier one. And Ash Butler, you know, a heavyweight rider and gave him an easy time in that early and middle part of the race and was ready to pounce when they straightened up and he quickly put the sword to them inside the 200-metre mark and was simply too good for them. Boingo was a nice run. Amabel and uh, Rodney Little coming back to the 1,000. And Magic Trick winding up in third spot, Talia Fenlon and Christy Clark Peoples. But full credit to the winner, Arwanichi, I think you may see him out your way for a heat of the country stampede, Robbie. Um, I think it may be at the Barky, but um, I think he'll get the 63 kilos out there. But Raymond Williams will, you know, have him in great preparation for that. And I think they're going to head towards that country stampede if they can on December the 4th. Yeah, he was uh, out at Barky before the Battle of the Bush, and I can vividly recall uh, post-race that Raymond had one instruction. That was the first time he had won, I think, over 1,200, and he had one instruction to Ash Butler, you've got to count to 10. Don't let him go until you count to 10. I, I don't think you need to worry about counting to 10 on the weekend with that win over the 1,000 metres, Scotty. No, it was certainly an impressive win, and, um, you know, it was great to see too. And I think there's a little bit of uh, fairly good odds bet on the horse. I thought he's a $1.50 chance, but I think um, some black figures were offered in $2.50 and around that mark earlier. So, you know, full credit to the people that got on that. Now, we saw a good start to the day for the combination of Cody Collis and Patrick O'Toole taking out the first two races. Yeah, no, Kelma open proceedings for Cody Collis and Boy O'Toole. Uh, Collis gave it the run of the race just in behind the speed and was able to pop off the rail. And Torino rattled home from back in the field to grab second spot. But full credit to the winner, Kelmar, Cody Collis and Boy O'Toole teaming up for the first leg of a double. Torino for Alicia Ross and Glenda Bell, a very good run for second spot. And Coup de Ville, the Western Galloper, Jason Misson and Clint Austin 
winding up in third spot. But no, it was a very good win. Uh, short neck by one and a quarter the first. But Kelmar, uh, very consistent form, uh, finally cracked it for their connections. And a race-to-race double, Patrick O'Toole and Cody Collis. Yes, and love you, Linda. That was a similar sort of ride. Got back in the field and uh, Katie Collis got it to the outside when they straightened up and came up to beat the light who set that tempo from the wide draw. But no, love you, Linda. Um, was a good run too back at Bark Hallen, finishing third on the grass out there over the 1,200. Then didn't do much on the dirt track at Springshaw, but you can forget that run. But yeah, no, it got the money and uh, was able to get the money for the connections and got the cutest money. Uh, full compliment, I believe. Love you, Linda. And congratulations to Boyo Tool on Cody Collis, a double. Um, for the first two races. The beat delight, Chris McIver and Ellen Jones in second spot. And, yeah, Doobie, the first starter for Stephen Rundle and Talia Fenlon winding up in third. One of the other races on the program also coincided with a, um, a, a what do you call it, presentation of uh, premierships. Uh, Glenda Bell, premier trainer there, and Shiraishi. Might have the pronunciation wrong. I've got a question about it and Dumeril because I see the same colours are there, Scott. And Talia Fenlon, I think I saw a social media post. They both got presentations on the day. No, Glenda, Glenda actually got a presentation for the um, Capricornia Country Trainer of the Year, presented uh-huh. by Leon Roberts. And Elise Beek, um, Ellie Beek, she got presented with the um, leading rider for the Capricornia Country Association as well. That was the two awards. But Talia Fenlon's been doing a bit of riding for the Glenda Bell Stable. Uh, she teamed up with Shirasi again at one at Twin Hills, came from well back at Twin Hills over the 1300. I was very, very impressed with its effort because it stepped up to a benchmark 50. I know it's one of those out-and-out strong race, but there's some of those horses have won six races. And uh, Shirasi settled beautifully. And I just like the rhythm that she had over the back um, and then when she got, when Talia got it to the outside, when they straightened up, gee, she gathered them in and raced away and won quite easily in the end. And this could be one on the up. It could be one on the up. Raced by Bobby White, as you said, Rob, and he does race Jamiral. Uh, same same owner, same colours and trained by Glenda Bell. Uh, Shirasi was too good for them. Maximum hustle for Shane McGovern and Wayne Baker in second spot. And get out of my name for Cody Collis and Ian Shaw winding up in third. But no, another one that we could keep our eye out, I think, for Shirasi, mate. Yeah, and those colours uh, with Demiral, I notice he's now with uh, David Van Dyke and uh, had a placing at uh, the Sunshine Coast uh, last weekend, yeah. maybe. I might be a weekend out. Yeah, Ryan Maloney teamed up with the Van Dyke stable. They, they have sent the horse down there for a little bit of a prep to see if he can measure up down there. Of course, he is eligible for a country cup, um, you know, and they need to sort of try and work out whether they, they head towards that direction with him and try and get a, a qualifier in to see if he can qualify Demiral, but... Um, I believe he could be having one more run down there and see how things pan out, and that could be the next week or so. But, you know, it was a very good run the other day. I mean, they all his first time down there, and um, David Van Dyke was happy with the run, only beaten a neck by a neck, I think it was, and Ryan Maloney um, gave him a good report after the race and liked the way that he grinded out to the line. Always a big day for the Emerald Jockey Club, the Emerald 100 meeting. As I said uh, from the vision we saw on uh, the On The Bit uh, coverage there through Racing Queensland, big crowd in attendance. I don't want to ask how the punters club went because uh, that will just tarnish my record of two years ago, Scotty, when we absolutely scooped the pool. But I hope everyone had a great day there Saturday. Mate, it was a good day, um, particularly with the last year, no no event and with the pandemic, etc. But good to see a crowd of over 3,000 there at Pioneer Park. And I'm not sure how they did fare with the punters club, but, mate, I just thought I'd share that memory with you this morning on the social media page and um, to, have that, to have that little bit of a bit of flash of that cash in your hand, mate. It was great to see, wasn't it? Oh, I've never, I've never felt so happy to announce a winner of a race and then stand there and hold $19,000 in cash and money. Rub it in you, blokes. It was the only year I wasn't there in the last four, well, I think. Well, you have a ticket in that? <laughs> I wasn't there that year. <laughs> that might even be nearly the greatest year, was it? 
Uh, that was that'll take a long long way to catch that one. <laughs> uh, Emerald has a little break now, Scotty. I think uh, November thirteen um, might be the next meeting. They've got a TAB meeting on November the thirteenth. There's a Saturday race meeting there, and then they race on New Year's Eve. Um, on the 31st of December. But, um, yeah, no, they, they've only got them two meetings. Um, that'll conclude this year. Then we've got the early meeting in February uh, next year, and we'll hear a bit more about that tonight. All right. We will uh, talk more, as you've just hinted there. Uh, we're already booked in for a little conflap tonight, folks, to announce the uh, nominations are going to be open for the Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards. Tune in to uh, On The Bit Racing Australia Facebook page tonight when Scott, Rob and I will be there to take everyone through all of the nominations. It could be a, uh, a cast of thousands and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to let everyone know exactly what's going on. We'll catch up with you later on, Scotty. Hi, thanks, Tone. Thanks, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Good, good morning, Scotty. Scott Power there having a look back at Emerald 100 Day on the weekend. Rob, another of our meetings that we're going to focus on now, the Burton of the Beach Race Series took us to Gainder on the weekend. They're 400 metres before them, and with a lightning burst around the outside comes the favourite, Gaius Julius, who loom up very, very large. Round the turn, Carcateer the inside, tackled and headed by Gaius Julius as they run down to the 200 metre mark. Modern Family is down the outside. Now this inside one's giving up, giving up without a fight. Carcateer and Gaius Julius, but Gaius Julius is in front. Flying home is Modern Family, right over the top got there. Modern Family wins it by a head. Gaius Julius is second. In third place, he then Rob, another one that uh, warms the cockles of my heart when I hear the crowd cheering there, and that was Modern Family taking out the Burnett to the Beach Race Series. Yeah, it was the beginning of a race-to-race double for Kim Afford and uh, Shannon Stephan as we welcome Paul Dolan back. And, Tony, I think you'd be pleased that Paul's kept tallies of these Burnett to the Beach or Beach to the Burnett series. Uh, He's got the update on that as well as all the information out of Gainer. And, Paul, good morning to you. I believe there was quite a few issues going on in some ways at Gainer and uh, some interesting little results coming through on the day. Yeah, good day, guys, and good morning, everyone. Yeah, there was a five-race card. You just heard the replay of the Burnett to the Beach show beach event, but there was a five-race card, and fair to say, there's a story to be told about each race. Um, we haven't got half an hour, but I'll try and condense it for you. Uh, but as far as the Burnett to Beach is concerned, uh, this goes over a period of about six months. It's points for uh, where you finish in a race. There's no final, as we mentioned last week, but there are cash bonuses. We've had two rounds, Idesville last week and Gainder on Saturday. Um, in the horse section, our last penny's got 10 points, Modern Family 10 points, Cass Events 8, Gaius Julius 8, Bill of Rights 7, Carcatea 7. Uh, in the jockeys department, Damien Bute, the Frenchman, has got 10 points. Shannon Stephan, who rode Modern Family there on Saturday, also gets 10 points. Uh, Montana Philpot's got 8 points. Hannah Richardson, 8. Jake Malloy, 7. Kelly Gates, 7. And in the train, from Idesville's got 10 points. Kim Ford from Wandai's got 10 points. Bill Trimble, who hails from Bluff, has got 8 points. Dave Reynolds from Dolby's got eight points. Kevin Sims from Toowoomba's got seven. And Kristen Rune from Wandai's got seven. So that's the points update after round number two. Well, take us back through the day, uh, Paul, because uh, it started in race one and the first of the little incidents uh, happening there with the win by Rural Rebel for Amanda Park and uh, Kelly Gates on Monashie Mountain getting up in the first. Yeah, it... Uh, was joint leader to the home turn, Rural Rebel, and then kicked on pretty strongly up the straight. A $13 chance, by the way, so the, uh, the punters lost round number one. Kelly Gates rode this one for Amanda Park, who uh, who lives at Oakey. But uh, horse Miss Cruzy was in the barrier, and earmuffs were in the process of being removed when the starter uh, let them go. And Miss Cruzy 
uh, Leanne McCoy was was dislodged from Miss Cruzy, who who came through the stalls and chased the field. Not only that, but circled the field and came down the outside and was first across the line. But of course, didn't win. But um, Leanne McCoy has an injured wrist. Um, whether it's broken or not, she's just not sure. I phoned her yesterday just to check how she how she was going. But um, the fact that uh, Leanne was injured means we were down one uh, jockey for the remainder of the day. So uh, when we got to race two, there was a late scratching uh, because there was no rider available, unfortunately. That was the cutest maiden plate. Two Goo Boom was the winner, Damien Butte for Cheryl Rogers. Um, here lies a story. Um, with Leanne McCoy sidelined, uh, Cheryl Rogers was available to ride Zimboomba for Bob Murray. But Cheryl is one of those persons who has a, a dual licence, a trainer and jockey licence, and the rule says they can only ride their own horse. They can't ride somebody else's horse in, the, in a race if they've got a runner. But stewards do have the, uh, the opportunity to, um, you know, show some discretion, and they permitted Cheryl Rogers to ride Zimboomba rather than that horse have to be a late scratching and, and taken home. But as it turns out, Cheryl did train the winner. Uh, she 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 engaged Damien Boutet, the Frenchman, to write it. So um, it was in the end, uh, you know, a bit of chopping and changing. But that's how it panned out in race two. It'd be one of those cases you'd think yeah, common sense applied, and it was uh, yeah, special powers yeah. there from the stewards used for the right reason. Correct. Yeah. Now race three was a classic. This is a thousand metre open handicap. If you can picture this, folks, they're at the barrier. It's on start time. And uh, I'm just waiting for the starter to call them up. And a lady came up to the broadcast tower where I was. I think she thought I was the chief steward. And anyway, she was the vet. And she said, I've been left here. Uh, I've missed my ride around to the start. She, she, during the day, she was getting a ride around with either one of the uh, you know, steward's vehicles or, or, or with the ambulance. Anyway, the, the vehicles had all gone around to the start, but they'd forgotten to pick her up. or She missed the ride. So she said, can you, can you ask the ambulance to come back and pick me up? Um, and I said, well, look, I'm not the steward. I'm the race caller. Well, the steward was one level above me. So I was just about, I flicked on the microphone and was just to about to say, ladies and gentlemen, there'll be a slight delay here, when two guys down just next to me said, Paul, they've jumped. And I looked over <laughs> and they jumped. What had happened, the message hadn't got to Kim Daly, the chief steward who was above me. He'd given the starting signal to the starter and he loaded the five horses and I went so I missed the first 200 metres of the race so did the uh, the video guy so did the timekeeper so uh, if you're looking up the results and see NTT which means no time taken that's because pretty well all of us were caught off guard so we're very very unusual uh, and if the guy hadn't yelled out to me you know, they jumped. I wouldn't have known. We just would have stood there and, I suppose, seen them coming up the straight eventually. But <laughs> in hindsight, it was quite funny. But as you can probably gather, the day was a bit of a bit of a, bit of a comedy of errors. <laughs> Every race caller's nightmare, I think, Paul, to think the starts happen and suddenly they're racing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then that, that, the Burnett to the Beach race we've discussed. And then the last, this, was, this is something I've never seen in 44 years of calling, uh, a field of four, two stablemates. Uh, with with same colours. I mean, I've seen two stable mates in a in a you know, in a, a large size field, but there are only four runners, and and hard enough, and um, uh, where is it? The other one, uh, hard enough, and my big brother, trained by uh, Cheryl Rogers from Roma, and Kim Afford from Wandai had Flick and Love Your Blue. Uh, they they changed the caps, of course, but uh, it just looked looked eerie. Uh, four horses going out in two sets of colours uh, with different coloured caps. Anyway, the winner was Love Your Blue. Shannon Steppen gave Shannon a double for the day. Um, Finished strongly to win at $2.40. Beat the favourite hard enough. 
it was a dollar sixty. So it was action from start to finish at uh, Downtown Gainer on Saturday. Yeah, interesting too. That was a lo- another love conquers all, by the way. But interesting in that first two races, um, Amanda Park, she trained the first winner and then got the second in the second race. And like Dave Reynolds in that race where they they uh, got an early start on you, uh, equinelled it with uh, my best effort and music theme. And then he was the runner-up in the next race, uh, just as Amanda Park had been in, in race two to race one. So yeah. a lot of interesting little things coming out of that gained a meeting. But I do believe, and there's some interesting names, because having taught in Gainer for the first four years of a teaching career, Paul, the side in the cattle company, I can remember that name well, but also there was the name of a man, Peter Dunn, uh, who's been there for a long, long time in uh, a legend of Gainer that uh, was a special mention on the day as well. Yeah, well, Peter um, wasn't there on Saturday, but uh, he uh, he lives in Gainer, and I, I stayed overnight and went around and visited him on Sunday morning, and I'm glad I did because we had a good old good old chat. Peter was the secretary of the Gainer Jockey Club from 1974 to 2007. He was the secretary for mm-hmm. 33 years and also well-known in the town for his uh, devotion to rugby league. In fact, the main... Uh, uh, sport oval there is called Peter Dunn Oval and he did a hell of a lot of uh, activity with uh, athletics as well so Peter's a, a legend as far as Gainder is concerned but he just couldn't get there on Saturday he, he was intending to go out there but the person who was um, going to drive him out there wasn't able to make it so Peter was at home but I, I'm glad I caught up with him and anyone who's raced at Gainder over a long period of time would uh, would have known Peter, mm. very jovial man and uh, yeah, very pleasant, always pleasant to deal with um, I asked him his age. They say you shouldn't ask a woman their age, but I asked blokes their age. And Peter is 87. In fact, he'll be turning 88 on the 24th of this month. So uh, he's a living legend. You can only ever ask a lady their weight if they're actually a jockey. Uh, How much do you (laughs) weigh, madam, sort of thing. Uh, Paul, next uh, leg of the Bernadette Beach Series, I think might actually be the next meeting that's around that uh, north and south Bernadette region. Can be a race traditionally on Melbourne Cup Day. That's right, yeah, that'll be the third round. It's a benchmark 50 race over 1,400 metres. Cumbia always have a huge meeting. They're a once-a-year club. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of Cumbia. It's a little town near Kingaroy, which is about two and a half hours northwest of Brisbane, and uh, Cumbia comes alive, as do so many tracks around Australia on the famous first Tuesday in November. Yes, that'll be Cumbia Cup Day and the Burnett to the Beach race. Uh, coming up on Tuesday, the 2nd of November. Now, you're involved in a couple of clubs around the place, not just uh, heading out and calling, but also uh, helping out with a few other bits and pieces here and there, and Kilcoy's one of those. Yeah, I've been on the committee uh, at Kilcoy since I retired from the race calling full-time three years ago now, and um, something that I've always dreamed about there, even before I was on the committee, was the the construction of a new chute to have a 1,200-metre start in an adjacent paddock to the racetrack uh, with a long straight run down to the first turn. And that's come to fruition. It's been a lot of work and a lot of money from the Somerset Regional Council, Racing Queensland and uh, the Kilcoy Club itself. And uh, this new chute has been built. Uh, The plan is to have a jump out this Thursday about 9.30 in the morning and the first race out of the new chute will be called the New Chute Cup and that'll be coming up at the Friday tab meeting on the 29th of this month. So uh, progress at Kilcoy and... uh, uh, the jockeys and trainers who've seen the new shoot, it hasn't been raced on or galloped on yet, are full of praise. A straight run of 380 metres down to the first turn. So from here on in, trainers, when they draw wide at Kilcoy, they, a lot of them say, oh, I better scratch, probably can't win. But this is going to be a much fairer 1,200-metre start. And uh, uh, as I say, weather permitting, there'll be a jump out there on Thursday and the first scheduled race out of the new shoot, 29th of this month. Well, good luck to them all. Good. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning on Bushby. 
Stanthorpe Cup, by the way, this guy's uh, this Saturday. It's a fifteen thousand dollar race. The Noms closing any minute. Oh, right on eleven o'clock now. So, Noms closing for Stanthorpe, and uh, that's coming up this Saturday. A once a year job. That's also a great uh, a great meeting to attend. Good on you, Paul. See you guys. Yeah, along with Stanthorpe Cup coming up this weekend, it's also the once-a-year meeting for the Maranoa Diggers Race Club at Mitchell this Saturday. It's Baringa Cup Day, Innisfail Cup Day on Saturday, and that's another leg of the Country Cup's qualifier series, as is the Blackall Cup for the Baku Amateurs Racing this coming Saturday. And then on Sunday, the Ewan Amateur Turf Club are racing. That's the replacement meeting for Charters Towers. Speaking of cups, this is what happened at Bowen on the weekend. Coming down the side now, 600 to go, and Salsa Dreaming now takes over. A length in front of Excellent Mosh. Third is Elswana getting a beautiful run. Then came Chapeau's Bocci's making ground, but under pressure. Further back when they turned was Noir Jack. And then came Unique Journey in LA Walking, and Queen of Manhattan's run right off the track in the straight down to the 300 metres. Excellent Mosh, Salsa Dreaming, Oswana. Noir Jack's getting through, and then came Bocci as they reach the 100 marker. It's over on the outside. Chapeau's making ground now. Noir Jack in front, coming out at Empire Games on the outside and getting between them, Unique Journey, they hit it, Unique Journey! Unique Journey has just won from either Noir Jack or Empire Games, Salts are Dreaming. They were followed next time by LA Walking and Bocce. Further back, Tony Wode calling the Bowen Cup on Saturday there, Rob. Unique Journey saluting for Carl Spry and John Manselman. Yeah, two wins a second, only three runs for the stable for the El Maher. There's another one where you get a big-time winner in, uh, is it Private Eye, uh, winning the Epson by El Maher, and has one on the country circuit. Good on you, John Mansman. You're doing, doing a great job with this horse, unique journey, and it's uh, lapping up these sort of distances over Noir Jack and Empire Games. Look out for that one if it heads to a Country Cups qualifier uh, somewhere else. Uh, interesting winner of the Open there was Zeppelin, Chris Attard and Wanderson de Villa, an ex-Waterhouse bot galloper by Fastnet. At Rock. His last three runs were down in the southeast corner, but it bobbed up there at Bowen on the weekend. Big, big fields up there at Bowen, and a great uh, Cup day on the uh, on the day. Wayne Winter scored with She's Maganda, the Golden Archer, that's had a win in three placings its last five over Light Horse Lad and Pumps. Madam Jame took the uh, cutest money for Derby Amos, the Jet Spur. It was third at Ewan, its second run for the stable. Peter Cullen kicked it home over. Chatterley and Nicky's uh, mistress, Mickey's mistress. And Cheyenne Beach, Wayne Promford and Alicia Donald. Hinchinbrook got a win over Beautiful Tune and all else in the Class B. Uh, but a good win there, Unique Journey, and uh, that's a galloper going places over those journeys. And uh, John, of course, does a great job with any, any of those miles and cup sort of distance horses particularly. Up in Atherton, Tony, Lacey Morrison was the feature with the treble. Uh, a double of those with uh, Charlie Hoffman. And, of course, Lacey and Charlie combined with the Stampede qualifier with Sylvester, an epaulette six-year-old, first up since uh, mid-August, defeated uh, the odds-on favourite Tycoon Thunder and Lushan. So Sylvester books its place, should it go to Brisbane, uh, already for the Stampede final. Lacey's other winner for... Um, uh, came on uh, uh, Arawello for Gareth Horner. Uh, took the cutest maiden plate. No cutest money going off. Defeated Montemuro and half evil. And uh, she also had a win with Shalee in the open handicap with Verbalizer over the 1400. Defeated Cool Attitude. This was a seven-event program up there at Atherton. Own Sweet Way was into third. The other winners on the day, Rachel Shred combined with Roy Chalemi with Soul Searcher. The Wangina Mare took the Class B. Uh, set to sizzle, Fred Whelan and Shane Pawsey, the six-year-old by sizzling, took out the benchmark 55. 
and Red Denaro for Athel Ryan and Kerry Rocket. I think it's a couple of years since Kerry's been back in, or maybe not quite that long, but he had a good win on the Red Dazzler. Red Denaro defeating Front Page News and Mikey's Turf. Love Express, the Class 3 plate. Uh, the ex-Gary Duncan Galloper now with Trevor Rowe and Kristen Swaffer continuing to ride winners, defeating Valadar and Macapanko. But uh, Sylvester is the key winner there out of the Stampede at Atherton, Tony. We'll be following the Stampede legs and the Country Cups legs as we roll along. We give the Country Cups a little bit of a, a break for a couple of weeks. Uh, next of the, uh, the qualifiers for the Stampede is going to be uh, coming our way at uh, Gympie. Uh, we've got, well, I mentioned actually the Cups, uh, those ones before, Wandai, uh, Blackhall and Innisfail this weekend. And then the Stampedes are actually the ones we get a break for. We're at Gimpy on the 23rd of October. October 30, Burdekin Race Club and Bar Calden Race Club with two legs at the Stampede there. Plenty of meetings, as you've said, coming up this week, and I'll be down at Blackall for the uh, Country Cups Challenge Blackall Cup race day. Back with you next week. Email me at markersnews at optusnet.com.au with any of those great stories, whether they be betting plungers or a horse that you really think uh, is worth following. Just let us know, and we'll report next week on Bushbeat, Tony. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everyone. We've got one more cup to talk about from the weekend as we round the home corner here on Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, the Cuttermuller Cup from the weekend with Brett Moody. Yes, a great all-the-way performance there by Forged in Stone for John and Narelle Patterson and uh, Tess Townsend. Doing what he did at the August meeting, leading all the way and holding off uh, the favourite another plan. And another plan was just a bit tardy away, loomed at the 100 metre mark, but just uh, couldn't quite finish it off. But it's hard to knock him because he's had um, uh, four wins and four seconds from his last nine starts for Gary Bignall and Ross Tilly. But Forged in Stone is a horse that was uh, bought by John and Norrell for the uh, Country Cups uh, Challenge qualifiers. They got a taste of it, uh, the Battle of the Bush, and they really love their experience. So they're hoping that Forged in Stone will get a uh, slot in the uh, Country Cups uh, Challenge qualifier. And there's no reason to think that he uh, won't. As I mentioned, he's only uh, just come into the stable. He's won two races, uh, both at uh, Cunnamulla. He's only a lightly raced to five-year-old with the uh, 20 starts now for four wins. And, of course, a great front-running uh, type. Uh, John uh, had a couple of uh, horses just performing below par in court, including a horse in stone, and a couple of runs on the hard tracks and a, a bit of trips. He's a, a great deponent for uh, the services of uh, Kent Russell out there, a, a well-known horse chiropractor, and also there's a, a laser treatment service out there, and he, he uh, certainly uses both uh, whenever his horses, uh, he thinks they need it, and uh, he ended up with a winning treble, so the horses really responded uh, they had been uh, just racing a little bit below par, but certainly produced their best on uh, on Saturday. And uh, it was significant because uh, the winning treble gave uh, Pato uh, his 50th career winner. So he usually only has two or three or four horses in his uh, stable and has a very good strike rate. And uh, congratulations on that uh, milestone. So Boyce and Stone, no doubt, will be looking for a Country Cups uh, Challenge qualifier race and probably the Charleville Cup comes into uh, the reckoning. Tess Townsend, of course, uh, she's uh, been the go-to girl up at uh, Darwin. She's uh, won 10 from 30 up there, a 30% strike rate. Well, she's nearly mirrored that now. She had the winning treble on Saturday to take her to eight wins from 29 rides at uh, Kanamala. So 
again very close to the 30% uh, strike rate mark so uh, well done to her and uh, she had forged in stone running along beautifully. There are other winners, uh, Trommel Slagen. He was, in fact, the uh, horse that took them to the Battle of the Bush. Finally, ran a great race, leading till about the 250-metre mark. He also has just been uh, struggling for his best form, but to bounce back on uh, Saturday, obviously feeling uh, a lot better after having a little bit of a, a workover and uh, a bit of treatment. And uh, he led all the way. And uh, he held off a phoenix for Pat Webster in the closest finish of the day. It was a short half-head margin. So Trommel Slagen back to his best. So they were looking for a country stampede spot perhaps for him, although the 1,000 might be just a bit short of his best. He certainly enjoyed controlling the race up front. And their other winner came with this mare, Stralex, uh, who is also, uh, like uh, uh, the uh, Forged in Stone, a... Uh, uh, son of the Golden Slipper winner in uh, Stratum, and uh, she indeed is uh, uh, just is very well bred. Uh, she's a um, her dam is a half sister to uh, the Group Three winner in uh, Vatican, uh, and uh, she uh, caught the eye with a great run at the last Cunnamulla meeting uh, back in August, but uh, uh, had just been racing below par, but uh, got up on, right up on the inside in a three-way photo, uh, beating home the local Miss Moss, Monique Gavin, having her first runner as a uh, trainer, uh, the owner of uh, Miss Moss, and she led everywhere by the post and the Pat Webster trained Caspalana. That was a very exciting race. But Stralex, uh scoring a first win in uh, Queensland, and it probably won't be a last, as she's a, a very nice-looking mare. Uh, other winners of the day, Mark Johnson and Dakota Graham. Dakota made her trip all the way down from Moranbar uh, worthwhile. Sky Tux was uh, having start number 30. He hadn't raced since April, fresh from a break, and he proved too good them taking out the Brown and Hurley maiden plate over the 800 metres. Uh, the cutest money all went off. There were three cutest runners in the uh, the uh, Strasbourg Brothers Livestock uh, cutest class two over the 1,000 metres, and they ran first, second and third with like a special for Pat Webster and Book Richardson uh, leading all the way and just holding on and beating uh, Better Be Great for Craig Smith and John Rudd and Solart for Corey and Kylie Guerin and Gary Guerin, all cutest registered. So like a special running right up to that very good second at the Tab uh, Dolby Cup Day meeting, where it was beaten right on the post and proving too good and got the margin out to four and a half lengths. But just a story on the Brooke Richardson, uh, just in case the boys haven't covered off, but of course she scored a 200th winner uh, at the Con Curry on the Friday. And then she got home about 1.30 and then was uh, on the road to Cunnamulla about 5 o'clock. So Mark Haldham is about halfway between Cloncurry and uh, Cunnamulla, about 1,300k. So she, she racked up about 2,600k in the uh, two days, and so it was great to see her get a win there. I'm like a special for Pat Webster. And uh, the other winner of the day was in the final race, which was the uh, Class B over the 1,400 metres, and this was won by... Uh, Golden Treasure, third run for Shane Iverson and Anna Bacos, and they uh, rarely go away with a winner without a winner uh, on the uh, Western Circuit uh, of late, and that proved to be the case. Golden Treasure, a Raheen bred mare, who is a half sister to Great Powers, who is a dual 1600 metre winner in Brisbane, so she's uh, well bred and raced by the Raheen team. So obviously, look, sent West to uh, get some wins on a page, and she did that, and uh, she was uh, quite strong to the finish, leading all the way at the 1400. Meters. So, well done to the Cunnamulla Club. They're backing up after uh, staging that uh, extra meeting uh, the week prior. It was very hot conditions, 38 degrees, but uh, 
all the horses got around uh, safely and uh, the uh, the crowd, uh, close to uh, 300 people, uh, was certainly kept well lubricated and some great racing to, for all to enjoy. But uh, that wraps up racing and congratulations to uh, Liz and Tim and all the team at Cunnamon. They've done a great job and uh, they get high praise uh, for the way they look after all the uh, participants uh, when they do go to Cunnamulla. And it's a great track to race at. So that wraps up their racing for uh, 2021. And that's all the news I have for this week. Good morning, all. Good on you, Brett. And racing in the western part of the state, as I said, Mitchell racing this coming Saturday. The following Saturday, there's a meeting at Charleville. Good luck to the clubs racing this week. Tab meetings on Thursday at Townsville and Saturday at Rockhampton. Blackhall Cup, Innisfail Cup and Barinka Cup at Mitchell on Saturday, along with the Stanthorpe Cup meeting. Mad Eyes are racing Saturday as well. And the Ewan Amateur Turf Club racing on Sunday. And we'll be back on Bushbeat next week to wrap it up for you once again here on Radio Tab.